Welcome to the third episode of Two Large Dorks. I'm Brock. And I'm Jeremy. And today we're talking about quarterbacks and tight ends. A uh, little new or uh, notes once again. You guys can find us on, on YouTube. Uh, and then you can find the podcast or the video on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, or at our uh, Podbean site, twolargedorks.podbean.com. Uh, just want to throw that out there. Obviously, we're still new at doing this and changes will be coming relatively quickly if we do make them. So, uh, like I said, we're doing quarterbacks and tight ends today. Um, we decided to group them together because they're relatively similar positions as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, obviously if you play in a super flex league or tight end premium, the valuation of the two, uh, is going to change quite a bit, uh, as far as overall rankings. Um, but in general, and, and if you play where both those settings are involved, uh, quarterbacks and tight ends are really similar. Um, and they uh, ranking them is, is kind of the same challenge on both ends. Uh, I, I know for me, at the top, you have pretty set in place top tiers on both with just a couple of guys. Um, and then you have a middle ground that's – there's a, a second tier that's good, and after that you have like – three tiers of that all combined have like 30 players in them. And it's just a mess as far as figuring out the proper valuations for those guys. Um, I know when we did a test run of this, we were talking about how I think if it was quarterback seven to quarterback, like 21, we're all pretty much the same guy just with different flaws. So I know both of us ran into that with uh, doing these rankings. And, and we're, that's something we're going to talk about uh, once we get into the actual players as well. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you see at this position, too, is age discrepancy, obviously, especially um, at quarterback. But even at tight end, how the, you got, you know, some of the young and up-and-coming guys, and then you got guys like Kelsey who are already o- over 30 and still um, still right up there in the top two of almost everyone's rankings. So I think you don't see that as much at uh, receiver and running back. Obviously, there are always outliers for both, but uh, tight end and quarterback, you definitely see that a lot. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, we'll jump right into it. I don't think much more needs to be said on the valuation um, uh, of either position right now. Uh, and let's start off with uh, just a little breakdown of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, uh, Burrow was obviously the, the top rookie quarterback for just about everybody here, uh, fantasy wise. Um, he was the first overall pick. Um, he doesn't have the uh, health concerns that Tua does. Uh, he definitely has concerns about. Uh, just having that last year of production um, at LSU, uh, something we talked about with uh, some of the position players uh, from that team that, that went uh, in this draft. But I'd say he's pretty safely QB1 for just about everybody. Um, two at two, Herbert at, at three uh, for most people. Um, depends on overall what you think of his talent, obviously. Um, but he was that, that third high first-round pick. Um, and, and definitely was, uh, well, thought to be QB one coming into the year. So there's talent there that, that guys like he definitely, he has prototypical NFL size. So he's going to get a shot, uh, with the chargers, whether that, uh, comes this year or, or next year is a different question. I know they're talking in, uh, our in chargers country that they're, they've already said they want to sit him for the year. I'll believe that when I see it where he's, where he's drafted. Um, but that's definitely something that I know on calls that were recorded and, and in stuff from Chargers media, 
they told him their plan was to sit him, but we've heard that same thing with guys like Baker who were all coming out of college. Uh, and I, I guess uh, with Tyrod in that exact same uh, position there. So I think he probably gets uh, pulled for the rookie sometime during the year, but that's obviously uh, somewhat of a concern for Herbert uh, here this year. And then I think four and five, at least based on uh, draft capital, is going to, or our love, uh, who was drafted in the first round as well. Um, and then um, uh, Hertz going to Philadelphia. Um, with, I know for some people, Jacob Eason is uh, wrapped in there as well, the, the pick for Indianapolis this year. I think there's flaws with Eason's game, but uh, you, there's not a lot to challenge him too much on that depth chart uh, with Rivers being you know, a year or two away from retirement, most likely. And obviously they weren't as enamored with Brissett as many of us thought they might be after last year. Uh, anybody in the rookies that, uh, that, that stands out to you? Yeah, for me, I mean, Eason, I think, is almost a strictly a landing spot dependent uh, ranking. There wasn't a, a lot of hype on him coming out and uh, falling in Indy is just the perfect spot. A lot of people kind of think Rivers is, has really fallen off. I mean, he, he showed that last year. He's probably only going to be around one year, and one surprise me if Eason did get a shot this year to um, to show what he's got. Uh, for me, I we can get into Jordan Love right now if you'd like, but that had to be the worst pick in 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 the draft, in my opinion. I thought he was super raw coming out. I don't even think he was really should have gone in the first round. The Packers trading up to get him, I think, was just absolutely terrible. I know the the lazy the lazy comp is you know he's Patrick Mahomes he's got the size and the hair and the weight and the the big the big arm that like uh, in my opinion isn't as big of an arm as people like to um, like to make it out to be I just think he um, was so bad his um, his last year in college that it was a pretty egregious pick by the Packers. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's problems with Love's game, and I, I wouldn't have taken him as a first-round quarterback if I was uh, running a team. But I also think that that draft capital means that they're going to give him a shot once Rodgers is gone. Whether that's now, whether whether you think that at with that being two or three years out, most likely um, at the earliest, uh, obviously means that he doesn't provide value until then and is, is a roster spot taken up or a taxi squad spot taken up on a, on a dynasty roster. Um, and I, it's not like I have him, I, I have him at 25, you have him at 35. So we both have him as quarterback threes, um, which I don't think you could have him much higher, even with the draft capital, just because uh, I mean, even if you, there's, there are guys who rely heavily on draft capital and even with the draft capital, you're still talking a wait of a couple of years before you get a chance to get any value out of that pick. Um, you know, I guess if you, if you value him higher, you hope you draft him. There's good news out of green Bay and, and people offer you ridiculous or something wonderful when you get to that year before he looks like he's going to start just because he'll be a starting quarterback on what should still be a reputable franchise. We hope uh, obviously with both of us being Packers fans, uh, but I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think with not knowing what you're going to get out of them for at least three years that anything in a quarterback two range, uh, makes any sense whatsoever. So 
Um, and, and definitely, I, I could see I could see his value falling somewhere in the middle of where we both are. I think we're probably on a, a pretty even two ends of his spectrum, and and I, I think that's fair and, and definitely a place where we could both move down on him because nothing happens, or we end up being pretty right for the value over the next few years. So. Yeah, for me, I actually prefer a different rookie over him. I like really like Jalen Hurts. I think he kind of got a bad rap as a as an eighteen year old starting in the SEC, being a little bit of an inaccurate passer, and just kind of got labeled that um, as a freshman who mo- most guys aren't even playing in a situation like that. Um, and he just progressed so much that everyone just kind of kind of wrote him off right away. But if you look at it, especially his last year in Oklahoma, he was an awesome passer. Uh, obviously, the landing spot kind of sucks, similar to Green Bay, where you don't expect to really get out of it, anything out of him for a couple of years. I know people have talked about them using him like Taysom Hill, but I think those are kind of bad comparisons. I mean, Taysom Hill was an absolutely awful quarterback in uh, in college and a, a really good athlete. Jalen Hurts was actually an awesome quarterback and a, a good athlete, but not on the level of uh, Taysom Hill. Oh, see, I, I would I would say if we're comparing their college careers, that Taysom Hill was eighty percent of what Hurts was at Bama. Uh, Hill was really fun to watch and really athletic at at BYU, and and Hurts was fun to watch and, re- and really athletic at Alabama, and and got put in the perfect situation at Oklahoma. Um, I, I think we're, we're we straddle the wider or the quarterback three line on Hurts. I think you have him at thirty one, and I have him at thirty nine. I definitely like the upside. Uh, I was trying to find it here, but uh, Wentz being in front of him, obviously, you know, to me kills that value in in much the same way as as Love and without the draft capital that was spent on Love. Yeah, I mean, he went around behind, so he was twenty twenty first pick in the second round, so he still has good draft capital. I mean, obviously not the Jordan Love draft capital, but no, but that also means he doesn't have that. Where with Love, we know the Packers can pick up that fifth year option and. Uh, have him around for those five years. Hertz is up after four, so if he sits for three, we have one year in what we think is a great, uh, great spot if he got a chance there. Um, and uh, but only that one year, so it could mean a lot of volatility once he gets to the end of that. Um, I got to pull up here. I guess the the contract situations for Wentz and Rodgers are pretty similar. Obviously, Wentz is uh, a, a quite a bit younger than Rodgers, uh, but his contract becomes uh, positive cap savings after the 2021 season as well. So um, they definitely have very similar positions. I, I uh, and maybe I'm a little bit too far apart on them at 14 spots apart, but I, I think uh, I had, I think draft capital and uh, the age differences between the guys ahead of them is, is what makes love more valuable to me uh, at least for right now. Uh, yeah, quarterback and uh, you know a Wentz injury this year where he he really shows that that back can't stay healthy or or his knees are are just showing the wear and tear um that may change after this year but right now I that, that that's why I have love so much higher than I uh hurts yeah I just think uh, if uh, hurts does get the chance to he does have a lot more fantasy upside uh if they both get a shot with with his running ability I know that's kind of the the trend, the Konami code, as everyone likes to say, um, with all the running quarterbacks being right at the top. I mean, if you bring yeah. that back, just look at our top six rankings. There's kind of a kind of a big tier, I think, after the top six. They're all all guys that could run the run the ball in our top six. We've got 
Uh, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Dak. Um, I think that's a pretty pretty consensus top six around the industry. I know some people will stick Carson Wentz up there. Uh, I think there's a a sizable gap between those six and whoever you want to put at seven. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think there's just too many questions around uh, Wentz that make him uh, – uh, two or more of a risk than those those top six guys. I, I absolutely agree with you there. I, I think you're uh, just to pop back to Jordan Love real quick. Uh, I don't want to get bogged down on this. We've done that enough uh, in our uh, off off uh, off of our podcast. But I think you're I think you're underestimating what the impact he could have as an athlete. Um, you know, he had a, a 69th percentile 40 yard dash and. Uh, both his broad jump and his vert were in the above the 85th percentile, so he definitely has that athleticism to to take off when he needs to. Um, but uh, he he definitely wasn't as prolific on the ground as Hertz was in, in college. I'll give you that. Yeah, the one thing I don't really understand about him, I know, um, like the throw velocity is kind of a new metric that isn't always the most accurate, but his throw velocity was in like the 38th percentile. So everybody talking up about how he has this giant cannon arm i mean just seems a little bit weird to me i didn't don't really understand i know you can see it on tape but i think just watching oh. see a lot of guys with a rocket arm yeah to, to answer the throw velocity stuff it's worthless <laughs> um it like there there might be a threshold you want to clear uh but i don't even think anybody's found that uh where that works out you know real well as as a threshold thing um, and it definitely doesn't, uh, you know, rating them average uh, above or below uh, doesn't. I mean, I think we all think Deshaun Watson has plenty of arm for the NFL, and and his throw velocity was so far behind everybody else in his class uh, that people started to worry about it. It it just I don't think we've I don't think anyone's found that that equation that we can throw uh, ball velocity into uh, that really makes it a useful tool to to discuss uh, arm strength or. Uh, its effect on a player's career. Yeah, I think the one different with Watson is no one was really saying him coming out of college. Oh, a big a big thing with him is you know he's got a cannon of an arm, and then you look at his throw velocity and it's terrible. Where a lot of people are saying that Jordan Love has this cannon of an arm, and I just I don't know, I just don't really see it. Oh yeah, as a as a small school prospect, he's he's not Allen as far as you look at the tools and immediately say, oh that's insane. I think he's got plenty of an arm for this level, and and I don't think, I think that selling point is uh, for him with the arm was stupid. Um, I think this year he lost a lot, including a coaching staff, and, and that matters. But I also think there's a lot of holes, and and it's going to take uh, some time for the Packers to to mold them into something that uh, becomes better than what we see right now. So uh, I think he's in a good place to 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 learn and and grow. But uh, there's definitely a lot of risk, and it's why I have him at as a QB three. Uh, even with uh, the landing spot and the draft position, so I think we've I think we spent a lot of time on that. Uh, so let's uh, let's move uh, to uh, let's just go into two guys that are uh, well, uh, Josh Allen. It's a great segue. Uh, just wanted to touch quickly on I have uh, Burrow and Allen at, at eight and nine, right behind uh, Wentz and those top six you mentioned before. I'm here a little lower on both at at thirteen and fifteen, both of them outside of QB ones. Uh, why do you have them relatively low here, and uh, and uh, what don't you what don't you quite like about putting them either one of them in that QB one conversation? Um, yeah, for me, I think 
Josh Allen, the biggest thing is, or I think this will be a big year for him. Uh, if we were talking redraft, I would probably put him right up there with those top six guys, probably at seven, maybe even in front of a, you know, a Dak Prescott or a Kyler Murray who really haven't haven't proven it long term. I just am really questioning his long term talent. I think he could easily prove me wrong, and I could push him right up, even if he shows it through the first couple of weeks. But he just he really hasn't shown uh, the ability to be a pocket passer. It's really been on the ground is where he's he's you know made his money or made uh, scored a lot of his fantasy points, which I know a lot of the top guys are like that. But I just think it wouldn't surprise me if come a year and a half from now they're not picking up his fifth-year contract or giving him a, a, a new contract. I just don't believe it. Believe in the talent. That's why I have him a little lower. Uh, before you move on to Burrow, I, I, I want to make it very clear to anyone listening uh, or, or watching that I do not think that Josh Allen is a good quarterback. <laughs> um, I've been uh, pretty outspoken on that uh, from day one. Uh, I thought that if he didn't have the rocket arm, which definitely matters, uh, he would be thought about uh, much in the same way that, that Love is, where there's a lot of good. Uh, he carried a, a less talented team farther than a lot of people would have expected. Um, but uh, Josh Allen had trouble throwing an intermediate to short routes. In college, he still has – he's improved, uh, but he still has those problems in the NFL. And he still doesn't read defenses as consistently as you'd want to. Uh, he makes the stick throws. Um, if he can improve a little bit on his deep a- accuracy, he's going to utilize digs amazingly this year. Uh, but I, I, for me, this is uh, the Bills being having built the defense that can carry them. I, I'm not sure that they can take the chance of trying to reset in two years uh, with the roster they've built. Uh, and they seem to actually believe in Allen uh, – from everything we've seen them them do in the offseason and what McDermott has said publicly, uh, that maybe they do, but if they end up at nine and seven, uh, you know, after or nine and seven this year and pick up the option uh, in two years, I'm not sure that that defense allows them to slide far enough back that they end up with a top pick to replace them. And without that, uh, the the veteran options are going to be dicey at best. We've we've all seen how that works. Maybe this year will give us new confidence in guys moving with Brady going to Tampa and Rivers going to Indianapolis. But I think right now, uh, I think they're stuck or they're stuck with Allen long term, and he hasn't shown a propensity to get hurt. Uh, he's pretty smart with his body, and and I think that means that he's got a fair enough uh, uh, range here in the next few seasons to stay on that quarterback one. Uh, territory and he's you know he's only a, a half year older than uh you know a guy like burrow who got drafted this year um and then a year older than than murray uh which you'd expect but sometimes guys like that from small schools are older and he's he's not really one of those guys yeah um as far as joe burrow uh i just think the cincinnati Bengals as an organization um have never really shown uh that they're a good organization are really committed to winning or um, could into players. I think it's a, a terrible landing spot. I know they have um, some talent around him, but uh, for me, uh, there's just guys that I would rather take the the safety or the little more upside. I actually even have Tua ranked one spot in front of him. Um, I wouldn't have a big argument. Obviously, I know most people have Burrow uh, in front of Tua. I just think what Tua did uh, before those injuries 
Um, he would have been easily the number one if it weren't for for such a freak injury. And I think just such few guys ever having that injury in the past um, is the biggest problem. I know everybody talks about he's had multiple surgeries. Two of those surgeries were sprained ankles. And all the saying goes, you know, the only the only minor surgery is the one not on you. So I know no surgery is a good surgery, but um, I think they were a, li- a little overblown. I would just rather have the upside of of someone like Tua, especially if you can secure Fitzpatrick too. So you got that Miami starter for the whole year. I think he's got a little more upside than uh, than Burrow. But if you were, you know, a win now team who needed a quarterback, Burrow is probably your uh, your answer. Yeah, I I. For as far as the Bengals uh, and how they run the organization, they are a family-owned team who makes their money through football, which limits their cash flow and what they're willing to do and the, the money they they can invest or feel comfortable investing in the team. Um, but Andy Dalton was able to make them a fairly consistent uh, competitor for the playoffs and playoff team uh, when they were when they stayed healthy there a few years back, and I think Burrow's. Burrow's a better version of what Andy Dalton was coming into the league, uh, which makes me think that um, as long as they're still patient and, and they have the right people in uh, place, I know we don't know that for sure with Taylor yet, um, but I think I honestly think year one was better than we would have expected from them, knowing all the problems they'd have during the year last year. Um, and I think Burrow's talent, plus the fact that we know even if they're stingy, it'll be a pretty stable environment there for them. Uh, that's that's huge for, for every quarterback, let alone young ones. Um, and that stability could really help them. And I, I'm willing to take that bet on if he could be Andy Dalton plus, that, that means a, a fairly good team. And and as long as they're able to reload at, at the skill position groups um, and, fi- or, and finally – uh, get a handle on the, the offensive line situation. Um, I, I think he's. I think he's a QB one for the next three to five years. Uh, as as for just touching on Tua, we have him at the same place at at twelve, so it's not not an argument here. And, and I I do think Tua. If Tua had come out, I would have had him right next to Burrow as far as what I thought of each um, coming into the draft. Uh, and like and with the ankles, he had tightrope surgery on on both of them, which is. Uh, few, or, uh, putting the uh, attaching the tendon with screws uh, to the ankle, uh, which from everything I, I've read and, and listened to, to people, uh, that's not something you ever have to redo, and it should be a permanent fix to those issues. Um, the, the hip is just a concern. Uh, at quarterback, you're constantly it, a there's a constant torque of the position throwing the ball is, is all is all lower body. Uh, you need obviously need an arm attached to your body, but as long as that's there, the power and the velocity is going to come from how well you can torque your hips. Um, and that's just a concern. And the fact that he may be one of the most awkward people going to the ground ever. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he's di- trying to dive through the turf with his feet. And, and and then with his injury history, the little things could be what determine whether he's in the league for three years or in the league for 15. Um, so I think that that I had to bake into my rankings. Um uh, and so that that's why I have the bit of difference between Burrow and Tua. But I, I definitely, as a fan, like Tua more. Uh, just in this case, I put, give myself a little insurance and put him at twelve uh, behind Burrow at eight. So, um, but I yeah, I don't, I didn't think, or I put this down as quick hits and look how well quick hits goes for us. But uh, uh, I think I I think that 
you're not going to go wrong with me if you want to invest in Burrow or Tua. And I think investing in Allen makes sense to, uh, for me a little more than you, but uh, you're not that far down. And if you want a young second quarterback, uh, I think you'd be uh, hard pressed to find a lot of guys that you'd want or that would give you the upside that, that Allen gives you uh, with his feet. Uh, let's next, let's go to the Haskins problem. And, and I threw Herbert uh, in here to talk about him as well as, as, two young guys in back-to-back classes with uh, flaws in their game that, that scare a lot of people. Um, and, and I see those. Uh, Haskins is a, a bit stiffer of a quarterback in, in a modern NFL where running the ball at quarterback, especially for fantasy value, uh, matters a lot. I, I, I know that hurts him with people. Um, and it definitely was a, a, a concern for me. Um, I have him at 14. You have him at 24. So I have him as a high... QB two, you have him as a high quarterback three. I just think the troubles he had last year were overblown to an extent. I thought as a rookie coming into a situation where he had little to no help outside of a uh, aging Adrian Peterson and a surprising Terry McLaurin, uh, there wasn't much on that roster to to really help him at all. I and and with their the entire left side of their offensive line gone. Um, yeah, he was below 60% completions. Um, he uh, His yards per attempt weren't great. Uh, but I, I think all things considered around him, I'm not sure that many quarterbacks would have had uh, much better seasons uh, than what he had in the, the seven games he started. Yeah, for me, uh, my ranking on him, it's not as much about him. I mean, it is a little bit with his struggles, but it's just the, the guys that I have in front of him. I would much rather have a, a Stafford a Goff, uh, a Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, a little more guys that are, are proven have shown they have, you know, top top five quarterback upside um, where Haskins might, but uh, I just don't know it now. And I know I know he's 10 years younger than a couple of those guys, but um, for me, like especially Stafford, I have him all the way in my top 10. Uh, what he did to start the year last year was, was awesome. They've got Hawkinson going into year two. Um, I just can't imagine ever wanting – um, Dwayne Haskins, while he is uh, almost 10 years younger, Stafford just has that top five, top eight quarterback upside um, that I just don't think Haskins does. Yeah, and and uh, we've talked about tiers in the last couple. Uh, for me, I have a tier running from uh, Sam Darnold at quarterback 13 uh, down to Daniel Jones at 21. Um, and, and Haskins, Stafford, Goff, and Garoppolo all fall into that category. So interchanging them uh, based on what you already have or uh, what you're looking for as far as your roster uh, definitely would change how those are rated uh, at the time you're drafting or or if you're looking to trade. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think having any of them in front of them is ridiculous. I know we're within a couple spots on Goff and Garoppolo. Um, I think we I have them 17 and 19, and I think you're uh, yeah you have them at 17 and 19. Just flip the other way. Um, so we're right there with each other on, on their valuations. And I think, um, I don't know how big your tier was here. Yeah, I have, uh, so Baker at seven to Josh Allen at 15, I have a tier and then Sam Darnold at 16, all the way down to Gardner Minshew at 25. Yeah. So I, I guess the, the, the big, the big differences would be, I mean, you have Garoppolo, uh, and Haskins or Haskins and Goff all in the same tier too. Uh, it's your, you're higher on those. Those older guys in Stafford and Ryan. 
So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit and just kind of give your thoughts on why you consider them quarterback ones for a dynasty team uh, instead of maybe a little lower down because they are already into their mid or starting to get towards their mid thirties. Yeah. Um, I just think everyone likes to talk about, you know, looking at a, you know, a three, four year window. Well, if you look at a three, four year window with, with a Matt Ryan and a, and a Matthew Stafford, you can easily project, project them to be uh, top 10 guys the next two years. Um, and then after that, you know, quarterbacks don't normally take a huge hit while they all are older at, 32 and almost 35. I mean, you've still got guys like Brady and Breeze at, you know, 41 and 42 still producing. And even Ben Roethlisberger before the injury last year um, was a top five guy. I just think uh, age can be a, a little bit overrated at the quarterback position. I know people like to talk about, oh, you could have Joe Burrow as a, a top quarterback for the next 10 years. Well, I don't really care what, I mean, I'm going to have all different players in eight years. I, I'm not too worried about uh, about things like that. I just think some of these older veteran quarterbacks are going to have the the stability while they don't don't have the rushing upside. They also uh, have much less downside to me. So I have uh, Rodgers, Ryan, and Stafford all uh, nine, ten, eleven for me. I just think they have um, the consistency and uh, the the upside as well to finish. You know, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, and I, I definitely see the upside. I get. Um, I think we saw with, well, even with Brady and Breeze last year. Uh, obviously, at forty or in that forty-one, forty-two range, they're historic outliers and even recent history outliers as far as uh, how late guys can play. Um, I, I think we saw with uh, Rivers uh, and Roethlisberger, not this past season, but the season before that. The with all four of them, the the last. A couple of years that towards the end of the season, we could see them starting to wear down and the arm strength starting to be a little more inconsistent, especially for uh, I think both Breeze and Rivers started to uh, have less production in the second half of the years, both of the last two years. Um, and it's not that I like, like you said, Stafford is 32, Ryan's gonna be 35 this year, so there, there's still three years, uh, you know, they, they still probably have three solid years of production left. Um, Stafford worries me because. If they if this coaching staff gets fired, um, and and if the GM goes with them, what does a whole new regime want to do with a, a, a 11, 12, 13 year uh, NFL vet who's not really taking the team to those heights that that you might want to see, and whether they want to have a, a clean slate with that new regime? Um, not that he wouldn't land somewhere else and, and still provide you know production for six more years or you know three years past those a couple of years, but. Uh, that that's definitely something that that would put him in a new position and and be a uh, be a concern. Uh, but I, I definitely think I would I, I could I could see them both being fringe QB ones for me. I wouldn't have them more solidly in QB one territory like you do. But I, I under I understand where you're coming from. the The floor is there uh, that the young guys don't necessarily have, and and there's something to be said for security at times, especially if you're talking about your second quarterback in a super flex or your uh, second quarterback in a single uh, quarterback league that allows you to to not really worry about what you're going to have on those off weeks or if your top guy gets injured. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely an interesting conversation about the old guys. Um, getting back to the other guy uh, in this duo with Haskins, uh, I had Herbert at uh, 15 and you had him at, at 20, which is the same tier. They're both – it's QB2 for both of us. Uh, it falls in with the guys we've already mentioned at that level. Um, 
Herbert took the fall from quote unquote QB one heading into this year. Um, he was played with injuries around him at the skill position at Oregon. Uh, he has the frame and, and, and can sling the ball, but he's maddeningly inconsistent as far as the risk he took this past year. Whether that was because he felt like he had to force it or not, we'll have to see. Uh, but I, I think, you know, he was a top, what was he, what, top six draft pick, right? Yeah. Even six yeah. of the Chargers. Um, the weapons they'll have in place for him if he starts this year or next year. Um, I know you're lower on Keenan Allen than most, um, but uh, and, I, and I don't love Mike Williams, but they're both talented men, or talented players. Uh, Hunter Henry, if he stays healthy, is talented, and then you have, you know, Eckler in the backfield who provides another just another safety net for a young quarterback to check down to when he gets in trouble. So uh, I think he's in a nice position, um, and I I definitely in quarterback lean towards upside than I do downside. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious with where I have the older guys and the younger guys. Um, and I think uh, I would much rather gamble on a Her- uh, Herbert or Haskins uh, than, uh, you know, with slight favoritism over a Stafford or a, a Ryan. Um, and then especially over a guy, say, like a Kirk Cousins or a Ryan Tannehill, who both fall in my ne- in the next tier. And uh, Cousins is a guy I wanted to touch on, so that'll be our transition out of that Uh if you want to add anything on Herbert, go ahead, or we'll move on to Cousins. Oh, no, I, I think you pretty, covered Herbert pretty well. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Cousins, I have Cousins at, at quarterback 22. You have him at, at quarterback 14. Uh, so still both in that quarterback two range. I just – I think Kirk Cousins has one more year in Minnesota and then is a backup uh, or a spot starter, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, a more conservative – Ryan Fitzpatrick type as far as a quarterback. Uh, I guess maybe two years for Cousins. I had his uh, his cap hits here. Yeah. The, the, I think I think the writing's on the wall with the Vikings save thirty five million dollars in twenty twenty two if they cut him uh, before Jan one. And I well he'll probably get him to the playoffs again and, and might get him a, a round or two deep. I think that he limits the upside of that team. Um, and even though Zimmer wants to uh, play bully ball for lack of a better term. Uh, I think that having a little more upside and a younger guy in there uh, is definitely the, uh, I, th- I think what happens once, uh, uh, once they get to that spot on his contract. Um, it, 22 is probably a little too low, but their last season, Minnesota threw the ball. Uh, I scrolled down because of the tight end conversation we're going to have in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, Cousins had 444 attempts last year. Um, he did miss one game, finished his quarterback 17. I think uh, I probably should move him down a little bit. For some reason, I was thinking uh, that his contract was a little more guaranteed into that year three. Uh, I think it's probably something I'll, I'll probably bump him down a little bit. Um, doesn't quite have the upside finishing at quarterback 17 last year. That is with, with one missed game, so even still bump him up a couple spots to – you know, 14, 15, 16, if he does play, um, was a little more disappointing than, than I kind of remembered him, uh, him finishing someone that'll probably, probably move down a little bit, but I do, he's kind of like the other, the other older guys, uh, has that consistency, you know what you're going to get out of him. Um, not a lot of risk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I know in our prep stuff, you always put, uh, fantasy pros did an aggregate of, uh, I think it was 30 different rankings. 
on yep. it. And we fall. You you fall on the top edge where the uh, the highest one was fourteen, and and I fall smack dab in the middle at twenty two, uh, in a range of fourteen to twenty eight. So I don't think either one of us was far off. It's just uh, for me at, at, in the quarterback two range there, in eight place difference is definitely something to to talk about. Um, and they were a team that you know went ten and six last year and had you know. 30 more rushes than they had pass attempts. So even if even if they end up in that seven or eight win range this year, you're probably not seeing much more than 500 uh, to 500 and, or 525 as far as pass attempts. And that's still pretty far behind those elite guys at the position. So uh, as he ages and, and the fact that he's consistent, I think gets him less opportunities. Uh, you know, if Cousins and Stafford were to be free agents at the same time, I think teams are going to fight over that upside that Stafford has at leading a passing game over taking a game manager at, at 30, you know, at 33, 34 in Cousins. Yeah. And then one more thing I wanted to touch on. We, we talked about love a good, good amount uh, earlier. Uh, so I just want to touch on a, a pair of guys that, and that quarterback two, quarterback three range that I, uh, that e- either of us were a little higher on. So for me, that'd be Trubisky and Winston. Um, uh, I'll uh, just run through what we had here. I had Winston at 24 and Trubisky at 26 uh, with Love Sandwich in the middle. Uh, you had Winston at 32 and Trubisky at 39. Winston was, what, quarterback six, I think, last year? Uh, um, I think he was hired. Quarterback three last year. Okay, I, he must have been quarterback six in one of my leagues that somebody was talking about trying to trade him before the season or before the the offseason really got in a full swing. That was fun to watch because I think somebody gave up something relatively useful for him. Uh, and, uh, which is just something I don't do. I I've had conversations with the guy who ended up or who traded them away. And every time we talk about quarterbacks, I, I tell them I, we're not going to be anywhere close on valuation. Uh, so let's just not do this. Um, but I think Winston had 30 picks last year and was a top six quarterback in just about every league, uh, even account for those interceptions. He was crazy and consistent, but he has the talent. And if he can go to, Drew Brees quarterback school in New Orleans and either stick there uh, with him leaving because I don't care what anyone tells you. Taysom Hill is not the answer there. Um, You don't, if you think someone has a real shot to be your franchise quarterback after you lose a hall of famer, you don't play him on punt team. Um, And it's that simple for me. So if Winston can get along with Sean Payton and learn from Brees um, and we'll see what LASIK has done for his eyes. uh, I I know it's, it's a fun joke to make, uh, but he it it's something uh, not being able to see who's on your team uh, is going to matter for a quarterback. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, if that makes a difference when we watch him uh, watch his accuracy and just the little things he does in preseason or when he gets spot duty. Um, as far as Trubisky, he's in the Josh Allen phylum of uh, not good quarterback, but he's young, he's big and he's white. So he's going to get a second chance somewhere. Uh <laughs> And, uh, you know, if he comes in in spot duty, he has the legs to make fantasy points happen. Um, and I think for me, uh, he's younger than a lot of guys who fall into a similar backup. If he gets a chance, he can be pretty good category. Um, and I, I'll take it. I'll take a chance on the athleticism and the fact that the NFL still cares about your draft pedigree even when you leave that first team. Oh, uh, yeah. For me with Trubisky, there's just no way I could rank him over any guy that I know is going to get starts this year. Um, Trubisky may end up being the starter this year and produce all right at least a little bit until uh, 
Uh, the Bears start off one and four, and he sucks like he has throughout his career. Uh, just, I mean, guys like Minshew and uh, you know even Derek Carr, or, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, especially. There's just, uh, I guess you have Bridgewater one spot or a few spots in front of, or no, one spot behind. Uh, yeah, I have Bridgewater and Carr are the next two guys behind Trubisky, and I can, yeah, I can absolutely see taking those guys and and using them for the year. I I, I hope or. If Trubisky loses out to Foles, obviously he's going to drop on this. I think they want. I think because they got or didn't pick up the fifth-year option, that they want to see what he does when his back's against the wall this year. And I think not picking up that option and bringing in Foles uh, sends a message that they want to see how he responds to it. And therefore, to me, he's he's on that same level for this year that a Bridgewater or a Carr is, where they may be replaced next year. Um, and he's just he he uses his legs more than the, those two do, um, and I I think Bridgewater has comparable talents around him uh, at wide receiver at running back. Obviously, McCaffrey's better than anything the Bears have, so maybe Bridgewater has the better talent this year. Um, I totally disagree there. Comparable talent, I think Carolina their receiving core is much much better than the Bears. The Bears basically have. Allen Robinson and and a bunch of and a bunch of guys where well and, and we we discussed Miller last week um, obviously I think he's talented um, Cohen's a talented guy but yeah as I was saying that I, I Carolina has the better has the better talent around him I I, I misspoke that's there tight end as well I think Ian Thomas is I don't know way, way better than any than all fifteen of the Bears tight ends combined probably. Wow, you're you're really gonna you're really gonna crap on Jimmy Graham like that, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. I don't think we know what Ian Thomas is, but I I think they're pretty even at tight end. I think their wide receivers are are pretty even to me. Uh, but uh, McCaffrey's definitely Tariq Cohen plus plus and has more upside in the actual run game while being uh, having similar production in the, the pass game or similar targets in the pass game. Uh, so yeah, I maybe Bridgewater should pop ahead of him just for that. Um, Carr, on the other hand, I like Jacobs, but they don't seem to want to use him in the pass game, which is insane to me. And everything else they have at wide receiver is either rookies or guys we know are wide receiver two or threes at best in the NFL. Um, but yeah, if we find out halfway into whatever training camp is going to look like this year that that Foles is going to start Trubisky. Plummets down this list because he's not useful even in the short term. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see having Trubisky a lot lower. Um, I don't feel great about that, but I also know that from here down to forty are are all guys that are are pretty similar to me. Um, and then uh, for the last two, I want to discuss here were the two you had uh, about ten spots high, or a uh, uh, fair amount higher than me, which was uh, Gardner Minshew and. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who you had at 25 and 26, and I had at 33 and 34. Yeah, I think for me, I don't exactly know why Gardner Minshew hasn't gotten uh, any love at all. What he was just a rookie last year, finished at quarterback 21 while only playing, what he played, 14 games, and I think a couple of those were were partial games. Well, I don't think his you know talent's anything off the charts. I think he's at least got this year to prove himself. Uh and he does have the rushing upside. Uh, Big Ben as well, I think. The injury is the big question mark. I think he's another guy that could easily move up or down um, as we see, hear reports about how how recovered he really is 
uh, how recovered that elbow really is. I think just having a starting quarterback for, I don't know, I guess he's might only be a year. He might be a guy that I want to look to move down a little bit. I know I'm higher on a couple of these old, old guys than you are. I have uh, Ben Brady and Breeze all 26, 27, 28. And uh, you have them 34, 36, 37. So I just seem to be a, a little bit higher on all these um, older guys, just at quarterback in, in general than you are. Yeah, I guess for me, it's it's a matter of knowing I have one year with those with Ross River, Breeze, Brady, or or maybe two for a couple of those guys doesn't doesn't fill me with confidence or excitement. And and obviously, if you're in win now mode or trying to build a really good first year team in a dynasty league that'll pay for your next six seasons so you can rebuild, I, I get going for it. Um, I just, you know, like I said, with, with Rivers and uh, I know we're not, we weren't talking about these guys from the start. It was just from Chew and Roethlisberger. But, uh, you know, like I said, Rivers and Breeze, we saw start to tail off at the end of the last two seasons. Who knows what was up with Brady last year? He was inconsistent in places he hadn't been his entire career. And, and maybe it was just talent around him. And he's definitely going to have help this year that he hasn't had the, the type of quality at wide receiver that he will this year at nearly any point in his Patriots career and, and definitely not in the last since 07. Um, as for big Ben, I don't know what to do with him. I, I acknowledge that at 34, I could be amazingly wrong on him this year. If he puts up 4,500 yards again, I'm going to look silly for having him this low, even if it's one year of production. Um, I just, I'm not willing to take a, a risk on a guy who, who's been beat up since he was young <laughs> in the league. Um, and who, who so much of his game is his physicality uh, at, a, at a position where you're going to get hit and he just missed an entire season. I, he just worries me. But I, I, uh, of those four old guys, he's definitely the one that scares me the most. If he ends up playing three seasons, uh, well, we're both going to look like, like dicks with our rankings of them right here. But I, I'm going to look especially silly uh, having him that far down in my, in my quarterback three tier. Um, as for Minshew, I hate to say it cause I loved watching the kid play at Washington state. The fact that he ended up starting over Foles last year after that, uh, after Jacksonville bid against themselves to pay Nick Foles more or to be their starter last year, uh, was a lot of fun. And, and the kid just, ha- you can see him have fun on a football field at quarterback in the way that you can't with a lot of guys. Um, I just, I don't, I don't believe in the talent. I think last year was nice, but does the league catch up to what he was doing with Jacksonville? Uh, he doesn't have the strongest uh, skill group around him there. They seem to have gotten the offensive line relatively straightened out, which is good. But I think I think Minshew could end up being – I, I could see you – know, I'm much more inclined to see him having a Case Keenum career than I am – uh, having say a Kirk Cousins career, um, and that's why I have him relatively low compared to you, and and relatively low compared to uh, the consensus stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's fun. You know, for me, you go thirty-seven quarterbacks deep uh, in my like top like four tiers or so, um, and then you have some even below that. You have some interesting young guys. Uh, uh, you know, Fromm and Hertz were right next to each other in my rankings. Obviously, they both have 
impediments in front of him. Uh, Mullins was really impressive with what he did in, in San Francisco, especially compared to another rookie two years ago in Bethard uh, when they were both on the field. And, and you know, if a guy like, say, a Robert Griffin or uh, Nick Foles got a consistent chance, they'd be interesting options for a team too. So I think it's fun to have this much talent uh, and, and these transition periods at any position are fun where you have to balance what you think older guys can do and, and what you think the, the newer crop or the newer generations of quarterbacks can do uh, coming in and, and, and usurping them both in fantasy and, and in football. So, um, yeah, anything else in quarterbacks you want to touch on? Yeah, I was just going to say the, the depth at quarterback is something that, at least since I've been playing fantasy, I don't think we've ever seen before. Um, and even just looking ahead to this next 2021 class, it's just going to get even deeper. Obviously, everybody knows Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. They're probably both going to go go top five. And there always seems to be at least one one quarterback that kind of not necessarily comes out of nowhere, but that takes that big step like uh, like a Joe Burrow from last year um, that could push himself right up there. I know. I know the big name that I've been seeing people talk about is that Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. I'm not sure if I'm a, a believer in that, but uh, I just think the talent that's coming in at quarterback is, like you said, it's it's fun to see, and uh, these ranks could be really really changing over the next uh, next year or two. I think if you do have any of these top six guys, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't mind floating them out on the trading block and seeing what you could get for them. I know in one league I just traded Kyler Murray, which I do regret a little bit because I traded him right maybe a week or two before they got uh, Hopkins where he got another little bump in value, but um, I traded him plus uh, I think it was him and Josh Jacobs for uh, Saquon and um, a late first. I would just rather have the upside and the safety of the running back there than as great as Kyler Murray is quarterback just goes so deep that um, I can find someone to plug in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was uh, just looking here at, at, at my ranks and my top 15. I there are, uh, there are 11 guys under 25 uh, in my top 16, which is going to make for me looking really silly on a couple of them, I'm sure. Uh, but also, it, it's just really exciting to see that level of depth and, and age uh, at quarterback. So, um, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's move over to, to tight end. Uh, we can make the rookies really, really quick. Uh, no one was exciting this year in the rookie class. Um, or at least not too much. Like, I liked Harrison uh, Bryant a fair amount out of FAU. He ended up in, in Cleveland where they still have David Njoku, just signed Austin Hooper. You know, can't really get too excited about that. Um, I know guys liked uh, Troutman uh, more than I did. Uh, he was an, an interesting player coming out of Dayton, but he wasn't really, uh, you know, uh, too exciting or he he blew I, I don't think he blew anyone's doors off and, and definitely not mine um, are there any tight ends that uh, in the rookie class that really caught your eye or do you want to move right into just uh, discussing our our differences um I think the only one would be Steven Sullivan I honestly don't even know a ton about the guy player profiler just had him ranked pretty high and I looked into him a little more and didn't have a ton of production out in college but he's got got the athleticism and uh just being in Seattle, I think, is the, the place to land. They they tend to use the tight end fairly well and have a lot of a lot of question marks at the position. Yeah, I, the the team he goes to is fine. I don't I don't have a, a whole lot to, to say about him. Obviously, he LSU didn't use the tight end much this year with the wide receiver talent they had. 
And, you know, he was behind a big body guy like Thaddeus Moss as far as, you know, teammates who filled a similar role body type wise. So, um, yeah, maybe he turns into something and, and we'll have to watch that over, you know, this year's camp and next year. But I I can't tell you I have too much to say about Stephen Sullivan. I, can't. I, I joked I joked in our in our little in our pre-draft uh, prep outline that uh, this is where we were going to start. And then uh, and, and, you know, just said I was joking after that. And of course, that's the first thing you bring up when we start talking about tight ends. So. Uh, yeah, there, there's one for everybody who hasn't heard of Stephen Sullivan. Uh, you know, he went to Seattle. Uh, they still have Disley and Hollister and, and six other guys, you know, outside of Chicago. It's the greatest depth of tight end talent in the league. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, if, if he manages to crack the top two or three here in the next couple of years, he's going to get used in that offense. So, yeah, it's definitely somebody to watch, uh, but he's definitely a deep roster stash uh, if you, if you want to keep him around. So. I know uh, much like quarterback, our the top of our rankings are pretty similar. Uh, we had the same top four guys in Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, and Ingram. I just want to check your tiers here. You had Kittle and Kelsey in your first tier. Um, I had Kittle, Kelsey, and Andrews in my top tier. Or I'm sorry, I had uh, Kittle in a tier by himself, and then Andrews, Kelsey, and Ingram in my second tier. One note on Ingram: his range on Fantasy Pros was between three and eight. Obviously, the the injury downside is there. I know in my rankings, I, a number of guys in my top 10 or 12 have some injury downside. You know, it, it, the biggest of those is, is Henry. I just think what Ingram showed he could do that rookie season um, and still with a lack of a, a depth of wide receiver talent there, um, Ingram is, is, could still have a chance to be a target hog in the middle of the field uh, for a Giants team that, could use one more safety blanket for a, a second-year t- quarterback in Daniel Jones. Um, and, uh, you know, not a lot of guys at the tight end position have the athletic upside that Ingram has as a, a former wide receiver at Ole Miss. Outside of that, uh, I think our first big – or our first big difference was – or relatively big difference was Zach Ertz. I know this is not where I said we were going to go first, but we'll just start there because it's the first thing that caught my eye when looking at the rankings. But uh, you have Ertz at – tight end seven and I have him at, at tight end 13. So my top tight end two, you have him as a, a solid tight end one for me on earth. He outproduced Goddard last year. Again, I think he had 45 more targets. I think it was 135 to 87. I think Goddard's at this point is more talented and that Ertz is still good and still useful. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff, uh, but I think the start of the end has started in what might be the worst sentence I say on this entire podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if not that I think that the, the target distribution is going to flip, that'd be a huge change year over year. Um, but even if we see it come back to, to even if it's, you know, a hundred targets for each, I think the athletic upside of, of Goddard uh, means that Earth has less value and, if touchdown luck uh, regresses towards the mean for the two of them as well, Ertz had six touchdowns last year. Goddard had two. Uh, if if that if that regresses uh, towards average as well, then I think Goddard Goddard looks like the tight end of the future we already think he is, and uh, is definitely more productive and more valuable here over the next couple of years. Yeah, he was a really tough one to rank for me. I kind of moved him up and moved him down, and um, it was just tough for me to put him outside of a, a tight end one where he's almost locked into at least 100 targets, that's probably on the real, real low end um, for at least this next year, maybe two years. 
depending on how these young uh, young Philadelphia receivers uh, produce. It was a tough one for me. I think I should probably move them down at least behind uh, behind a couple of these young guys. I really don't have a big opinion on him. Like I said, I'll just clarify. You're talking about Ertz, right? No. Ertz, yeah. Yeah, you were talking about Gunnar first. No, I, oh, no, I just wanted to make yeah, sure for anybody listening. Uh, yeah. Because it, 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 it sounded like you, you went straight from talking about Gunnar to Ertz, and I, I just wanted to make sure we were clear on that as far as who you were moving down. Yeah, yeah, Ertz, sorry. Yeah, he was, a like I said, a tough one for me to rank. So I, I, I'm not really going to push back against you at all having him at 13. Um, I think uh, the yeah. next – Oh, I was going to say, let, let's, let's move on to the player that will end the podcast this week, uh, and that's, that's Kyle Rudolph. Um, I have Rudolph at 14. You have him at 38. Um, I think we're both probably wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about this a little before the show. Uh, um, I, I have both Rudolph. I have Rudolph at 14. I, I have Herb Smith at nine. Um, they both probably need to come down. They only combined for 90 some targets last year. Uh, when you compare that to the Philly guys, you know, I don't, didn't love that you had Goddard and Earth at six and seven, but with that type of production and, and targets, that makes sense. Having both uh, Smith and Rudolph in the top six, in the top fourteen. Uh, after I started thinking about it a little more as we got closer to recording, uh, it's definitely something I need to reevaluate. And what definitely makes it harder is that much like quarterback, once you get past the top eight to twelve tight ends, everything's so murky. As far as my defensive having Rudolph twenty some or what twenty four spots higher than you, I think I don't have defense for it. Like, go ahead and tear me down. I'll give yeah, you, I'll give you a couple say, minutes just to tell me how much of an idiot I am. Yeah, he finished at uh, tight end sixteen last year. Um, that was with six touchdowns, so it's not like he ran bad in the touchdown department. And most of that production came with Adam Thielen being out. I don't have those exact splits in front of me, but uh, I just think Irv Smith finished at tight end thirty three. Last year, and that was with only two touchdowns. You flip flop their uh, their touchdown scoring, and all of a sudden, I mean, there is they had the exact same amount of targets, just a fifty yard difference between the two of them, uh, fifty six yard difference. I just think that's probably going to be flip flop this year. Irv Smith will probably be the, the more dominant one, and Kyle Rudolph could just fall off a cliff real quick. I know his contract situation is not great either. I don't exactly know what it is off the top of my head. I just think he could see a huge fall off. He's a guy I don't really see much upside with either with them having such a young um, a young guy that I am clearly buying into with ranking him at, at 14 uh, behind him. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I'll defend having Rudolph as a, as, a, as a tight end two or a high end tight end three then. Um, he's still very productive in the red zone. Um, Minnesota doesn't have a lot for offensive weapons. Um, even if they do regress and, and they're going to stay pretty even as far as passing and receiving uh, Diggs leaves 90 targets on the field. And although I think Justin Jefferson is definitely talented enough to pick up a, a fair amount of that slack. If he ends up in that 60, 70 range, that leaves 20 targets that are uh, probably going to end up with the two tight ends. Now I'll readily admit that I would expect the majority of those to go to Smith, but that's still going to, going to put uh, Rudolph as probably a 50 to 60 target uh, tight end, which uh, is valuable. And, and I don't believe too much of his game is based on uh, a resounding amount of athleticism, uh, which means he should be able to be a productive part of uh, somebody's offense and, and two di- or, uh, 
even if he leaves uh, Minnesota. But he definitely doesn't deserve to be at 14. Um, I'm, I'm guessing if if I started to tweak with this, I would drop him down uh, at least to tight end 18. Uh, it gets real mucky in that tight end 18 to 26 range, 28 range. Um, and I think he can definitely uh, hold his own with those kind of guys as far as uh, what he's already proven and, and the limited downside uh, for him. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm wrong at 14 for him. Um, I'm wrong at nine for Irv Smith. Uh, but it's definitely – yeah, Rudolph is one of those guys who you remember he's a consistent producer and that's useful. But I should treat him much more like I treated the 38 to 41-year-old quarterbacks uh, than I do, you know, maybe a – 28 29 year old wide or uh aging wide receiver um so i I think that pretty much sums up how we feel on both of them did you find something you wanted to mention as far as stats i was just gonna say i think part of it that just sticks in my head was how bad he started off the year last year uh he only had uh nine targets through five weeks and uh like i said a lot of his production came came when Thielen was out yeah uh, as far as the Thielen stuff uh, i'll i'll make one more point even though i said we were done uh, I don't think you're going to see Thielen running out of the slot this year. Him and Diggs kind of took turns running out of the slot last year. Um, I, they need an outside wide receiver. Uh, Jefferson is probably going to feel more comfortable in the slot to start the season, but I also don't think that you're going to see a lot of three wide receiver sets. Um, I think you'll see the two tight ends, and I think you'll see two receivers. Um, and uh, I don't think I don't think Thielen will have the impact on Rudolph or Smith that he had last year just because they'll need him to be outside. Yeah, I think for me, the one thing with Justin Jefferson is I know last year he basically predominantly played out of the slot, but I don't totally understand. I mean, he throughout his career he played, I tweeted this out the other day. I mean, uh, yeah, before 2019, 79% of his snaps were outside. So I know everybody just looks at last year, which was his, you know, real big year where he pretty much played out of the slot. But um, I think he can easily play play outside at the next level, and I think just the one year of him playing out of the slot is a little overblown. Oh, no, no, no. I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, my, my point was merely uh, if they're going to try to do with him and Thielen what they did with Thielen and Diggs last year out of the slot, I think they'd be more – I think they'd be quicker to, to give Jefferson those easy uh, confidence-boosting targets and routes than they would to, to move Thielen in there when he's really their only established and, and veteran receiver of any note. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, our next guy, uh, who's Rob Gronkowski. Uh, one thing I do want to do here, and I'm sorry this is going to be very confusing for the uh, audience, but uh, let's discuss Rob Gronkowski, and we'll discuss Drew Locke here as well. Uh, we want to do that in quarterbacks, but we kind of got really, really sucked into one of the conversations, and I don't know which one it was, but we, uh, we didn't touch on Locke, who has a bunch of hype. But I, I think... I think the Gronkowski hype and the Locke hype have similarities and why they're confusing. Um, I think it's the unknown for both of them. Uh, Gronk obviously sat out a year, has had a, a myriad of, of back injuries, lower body injuries uh, that made him not have fun playing football anymore. Um, and uh, and for uh, Drew Locke, there, were, there were, were big questions coming out of college about his consistency and, and what he could do well on or. Uh, whether the things he did poorly on a football field would hold him back, um, you know, even to a greater extent than young guys we talked about before and Haskins and Herbert. Um, 
I, as far as, as Gronk goes, uh, you have him at 17. I have him at 43. I think we're just as likely to see Gronk play two months um, or even two games than we are. Or we're as likely to see him play two games or two months as we are to see him play for two more years. Um, and that's not just not a guy at, a, at, a, at that position that I want to take a chance on um, because I just, I'm not sure that he has any of what made him special left in him. Um, and then, uh, my final thought on, on Locke and this very weird thing I decided to, to jam in here on you. I apologize. He's got talent around him now, which is a lot more than a lot of young guys can say. Um, I just, it feels like people are talking about him like a fringe quarterback one. Uh, and people are talking about Gronkowski like a fringe tight end one. And even in dynasty, uh, after that surefire top tier or two, um, and, and both of them seem, extremely uh speculative um and, and rather rather insane and optimistic uh considering what we uh the information we have on on both of them and their situations yeah for me i am not a believer in drew lock at all i know team quarterback wins is awesome he was four and one last year oh yay great uh you know he's got the weapons around him now everybody remembers uh his first road game where he had 300 yards but everybody seems to forget his Four other starts where he never broke 210 yards. I think, yes, he has the weapons around him, but I think uh, it would not surprise me if going into next year the Denver is in the market for a quarterback. I think that, in my opinion, that's more likely than uh, going into next year viewing Drew Locke as a top top 12 quarterback. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on and that. As, as far as Gronkowski, I think part of it is the old tight ends can produce. Look at Jason Witten last year was, I think, tight end 11. Greg Olson, tight end 13. He has the rapport with Tom Brady. I think if he would have just went back to New England, I probably would have had him much, much lower. He, he just has the talent. We'll, we'll see. I could, like, I, like you said, I could be way wrong. You could be way wrong. He's the, the real big question mark. But, I mean, he's a, a top two tight end in NFL history. While 31 is a little older, it's not that old. He's only a half. Half a year older than Travis Kelsey, who most people have ranked in in their top two. Yeah, but I I guess I I agree that I don't think his I don't think his tight I don't think his upside is tight end two. That last year and or two years ago in New England, uh, you could I mean he still had it in him to take over a game. I mean they put him out at or they split him out wide and I think it was that playoff game and and he just destroyed defensive backs. So there's still some of it there, um, but. Uh, you, you compared them to Kelsey and their upsides. Kelsey doesn't have the injury history. You know, uh, he has some injuries in his past. Uh, but, you know, Gronk has plates in, in his back and has to or has had to for the last, what, five years wear a brace on his elbow because at any point it can just fly out of joint. Um, there's just 31 isn't that old, but with his injury history, He's a, you know, I would say he's the equivalent of a 40-year-old tight end, uh, just and, and doesn't have that athletic or doesn't have the athleticism anymore to move like he did when he was the greatest fantasy tight end ever, and like you said, uh, at worst a top two or three tight end all time probably. Yeah, I guess I didn't mean uh, he has necessarily the the Kelsey upside for this year, obviously, but um, just the. Everyone looks at his age and, you know, he missed a year, but he's not, not as old as people think. What, 2018, he was all the way at tight end 11 while only playing in 13 games. 
I know his situation is totally different now on a totally different team, but he does still have that Brady rapport. And just a lot of these tight ends in this range have, have a huge question marks, you know, after the top eight to 10 tight ends, you really, um, or really a lot of question marks with pretty much all of these guys. And I think he yeah, does, I, does have that upside. Yeah. And I think he has some upside. Uh, I guess for me, he has probably two years left. If that his upside is in my opinion is about where you have him ranked as, as that mid to upper tight end or, uh, you know, tight end two, so between twelve and and or thirteen and twenty four, uh, but that I, I definitely could look like a full year one, and and that's a that's a ranking that I'll have to just hold close to me and tight, and 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 hope that in two or three years I'm vindicated on it. Um, but yeah, I think he's, I think he and Locke are are definitely very interesting turning points. Uh, uh, or could be, you know, real interesting uh, year or dynasty swears uh, with what they do this year. And if they if they produce at the high end or the low end, they're going to make fantasy impacts. It's just a matter of whether it's going to help you or hurt you. Um, as, as we finish up tight ends here, uh, we're definitely talking less in depth about tight ends than we did quarterbacks. But I think that that comes inherent with the positions. You know, we, we all know a lot more about the quarterbacks than these tight ends, but um, at the end of your tight end ones, you have uh, Waller at 12 and, and Higby at 13. Uh, these aren't guys I necessarily hate. I have them at 19 and 20, respectively. Uh, but they do, uh, they do bring into an interesting conversation about what to do with 27, 28-year-old tight ends who have inconsistent histories of performing. Yeah, I just think both of them showed upside that literally none of these other tight ends have. Uh, I think it was the last six weeks. Tyler Higby finishes tight end one. I don't even really see that in the range of outcomes for, you know, Dawson Knox, Blake Jarwin, Ian Thomas, Johnny Smith, uh, even Irv Smith that I really like. That I don't think, no matter how good they play, none of them will have a have a six-week period where they finish as a tight end one. Um, very similar with Darren Waller. I think he was tight end two or three on the year last year. Uh, he was tight end two on the year last year. And... Part of that was due to Kittle missing a couple games, but even if you put him at tight end three, most of these guys just don't have don't have that upside to ever finish that high. And while twenty seven, you know, they're starting to get a little older. Uh, Waller hasn't played a ton in his his career, and I think uh, they both just have that upside that most of these young young and unproven guys just don't have. Um, I, I can see that to an extent. Uh, for Higby, what worries me is Cup comes back. And is going to take uh, a, a nut or a fair portion of those middle of the field targets away from uh, Higby, and, and I would think that uh, um, that that's going to be a factor. Uh, I saw the look on your face, though. Uh, what about that surprised you? Oh uh, well, Cup didn't miss any games last year. Why was I thinking he did? I, I just assume Cooper Cup misses six of them every year. Two but... years ago, he tore his ACL, but he played all sixteen games last year. Did he? Okay. Yeah, well, I know. Then, now I look like a real idiot. The other year he wasn't playing as much because they were running two tight end sets a little more. Um, but, yeah, he played all 16 games, and they lost uh, uh, Brandon Cooks. So, if anything, their, his target volume could could just increase. It could, although how many uh, Cooks' routes are are going to be replaced by Higby? I don't think they're going to be many. They, yeah, they no, play I don't a very, 
very different in area, different areas of the field. But it's a it's a fair point that, um, yeah, I might be too low on Higby for that. I, I guess I just Higby was a fine player coming into the league. And he's seven now. I should probably drop my preconceived note on my priors about a player, but I just what did he finish last year? Tight end what? Tyler Higby was tight end eight last year. Tight end eight last year. So yeah, I he should move up, and he'll definitely one of those guys that benefits from me relooking at the middle of my rankings for um uh with uh, the the with the Irv Smith shift. Um, uh, as for Waller, I think Waller benefited immensely last year from Oakland having no talent at any pass-catching position that wasn't Darren Waller. Um, uh, before last year, Waller was almost a complete unknown. Uh, he's a former uh, wide receiver who uh, had... Uh, a drug problem on uh, the fact that he's he's worked through that and got past it is is commendable um and and something that should be celebrated but he went from six receptions and 75 yards in 2018 to to 90 receptions and 1145 yards now i'm not suggesting he's gonna fall back to a handful of targets and, and 100 yards but i i think i'm wary of betting on a 27 year old breakout at tight end uh, especially when they made a concerted effort to increase the talent on the offense. I mean, even if it doesn't really hurt him in the, this first year here at Oakland, I think going forward, his upside, his upside is what he did last year, and his normal will probably be, uh, well, not nothing uh, significantly less than that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you literally even cut his yardage in half, uh, he would still have the twelfth most yards of any tight end. Uh, only scored three touchdowns last year, which. Uh, with having 115 targets is probably due to um, due to regress, and he did only see 115 targets. While that might come down a little bit, uh, they still only have a bunch of rookies around him. It's not like they brought in any proven veterans, unless you're worried about uh, Jason Witten coming in and stealing some targets. I, I just, am not. <laughs> I just think he still has still has that top three, top four tight end upside, even if he does see does see a downtick in volume. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think the upside is still there for this year. Um, like you said, it, it is only rookies coming in, but I, I just I think I think short term definitely something to to watch, and, and maybe it's a guy you draft relatively or semi early in a startup or, or look to acquire this year, and then and then take advantage of one more great year for him before it starts to there starts to become competition in the passing game. So yeah, I'm probably a little low on both those guys. I, I I like the upside of a lot of young guys in the league right now. Uh, not that those guys are old; they're both 27. Um, but you know, guys like Herb Smith, uh, uh, Dawson Knox, Hawkinson, and Fant are are guys that intrigue me a lot more than uh, uh, late breakouts and um, uh, questions I. Uh, maybe stupidly and selfishly have about talent uh, with those guys or even guys like uh, I'm, I'm pretty low on Blake Jarwin and Hayden Hurst uh, as well. I have the, both those guys at 33 and 32. I, um, I think this was the last pair I wanted to talk about anyways. So we'll just move on to them. Um, yeah, it was. So uh, the Jarwin love, I don't understand. Um <laughs> I, he, he's the, as far as, well, and and they're not even young. 
I was going to say young players who haven't gotten a shot yet, but Jaron will be 26 during the year, and Hurst is going to be 27. Um, uh, it, the the Cowboys, uh, much like Oakland, have signaled with their offseason move this year that they want to spread the ball out a little bit more, uh, give their run game a little less pressure uh, from stacked boxes, um, the addition of Lamb to the Dallas offense. I know... I know people are penciling Jarwin in for uh, probably 70 to 85% of what Witten had for targets last year. And I think with the addition of Lamb, uh, I think he's good enough to contribute right away year one. Um, and he's going to play out of the slot, which is going to take, you know, put him in direct competition with Jarwin as far as uh, middle of the field targets. And I think Lamb is a much more talented uh, weapon than uh, or yeah, is a much more talented weapon than Jarwin. Uh, as for Hur- Hayden Hurst, uh, the situation and what Hooper did there last in Atlanta last year could make me look real silly on this. <laughs> I'll wholly admit that uh, if he can match what Hooper did last year as far as targets and and pretty much to what Hooper did as far as efficiency with those targets, then I'm gonna look real silly about discounting a, a former first round pick at tight end who got traded and, and put into that offense. But I just, Hurst was an all right guy coming out of South Carolina a couple years ago. And I think he's an all right guy now. And I just, that doesn't excite me as far as that offense. Uh, Ryan's going to probably throw more checkdowns as the years go by here. Uh, you know, just as he gets older, but I'm not sure Hayden Hurst is a long-term solution there in Atlanta. And uh, you know, I, you have guys like, Sternberger or even Jordan Howard you have after Hurst, I would much rather take the opportunity upside on Sternberger and still the talent upside on Howard, uh, who is younger than Hurst, uh, ahead of both him and Jarwin. I think it's OJ Howard, too, not not Jordan. Oh, yeah. I think as far as as Blake Jarwin, I think a big part of it, he was tight end 27 just last year with, with Jason Witten there. That was he had about half the targets that Witten had. The Dallas offense also did lose Randall Cobb, who has you know eighty targets, and Jason Witten had eighty-two targets. So you pencil Jarwin in for about that role that Witten had, eighty-two targets. Jason Witten was uh, he was a I think tight end eleven last year. So you, you would expect him to finish a, a little more efficient on eighty-two targets. I just think Jarwin. Uh, with 80 targets, could have way more upside than uh, than a lot of the guys in this range. And as far as Hayden Hurst, for me, it's more of just situation, situation, situation. I really am not a big believer in the talent, but if he can get the, you know, Hooper had 93 targets last year. If he can be anywhere near the 60, 70 range, tight end is just kind of such a wasteland after the top guys that um, you're just looking for guys that are going to get the volume. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess at, for me and at, at, for my tight end, you know, twos or whatever, I, I would much rather, I lean much more towards taking chances on what I think are young talent upsides than I am totally caring about uh, targets and, and, and the opportunity. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's to my detriment. And, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss out on some of that, you know, if you were in a startup this year, some of that immediate production. Um, and, and I'm all right doing that, especially at tight end where 
we've seen a lot of variance in who breaks out um, uh, from the position. So, yeah, I, 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 the arguments are, are fair uh, on all of those four guys we just talked about um, who are going to, you know, all range in that 26 to, to 28 uh, uh, range here this, this offseason. Uh, I just uh, would definitely take a – I'll take a swing on talent more than I'll take a swing on position at, or uh, role uh, when I get into tight end twos and tight end threes. Um, was there anything else in tight ends that caught your eye that you um, want to talk about before we get into our last couple things here? Not really. I think that about that about covered it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, the last, or if you've listened to the first two episodes uh, at the end of these uh, podcasts, we've uh, done a. A draft of a positional draft. Uh, this week will be the same, just a little bit different. That we're going to combine the quarterbacks and tight ends in together. Um, we're going to assume that the or that whether you want to say it's one tight end and, or uh, one quarterback in normal scoring or super flex and tight end premium, we're just going to treat the position values as pretty or generally even. I think. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to just do 12 like we have been doing that way? Uh, I mean, that keeps us both in our pretty solid tiers on, on both position groups, I think. So that sounds good to me. Um, yeah, for me, I, I have, I have that first pick this week. Um, I'm going to take, uh, George Kittle. I think, uh, I think, uh, Mahomes and Jackson are my top tier in quarterbacks, but I think they have pretty similar value to me. Uh, Kittle is my tight end one. Um, he's four years younger than Kelsey, has shown to be the top, or if not the top receiving threat for the San Francisco offense right now. Uh, he's at worst number two. Um, and I just think that the difference between him and that next three for me at tight end is greater than between uh, Mahomes, who is my top quarterback, and Jackson. Yeah, I think for me, we're going to go Patrick Mahomes. I think there's a little bit of a drop-off at tight end after Kittle, like you were saying, and uh, Mahomes is pretty clearly the, the 101 at quarterback. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Uh, I think three is a no-brainer uh, as well. I, I think it's it's Lamar Jackson. Um, I think those top two quarterbacks are um, the top two. Once you get past that, uh, I, or I think we both have uh, some combination of Watson, Murray, Wilson, and Prescott, uh, but all of them have uh, relative knocks on them as well as those next couple tight ends as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with Jackson and, and get a elite guy in, in or, or the, the last elite guy in quarterbacks for me as well. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, we're going to go with the Kansas City stack here. I do have uh, uh, Kelsey in that same tier as uh, as Kittle while he is a, a little older. Um, often tight ends can produce into, into their late years and just being tethered to Patrick Mahomes is just what you're looking for. Yeah, uh, at at five, I, I think this is a real, real interesting team building spot uh, when you're, you know, sitting there looking. Uh, you know, there's four quarterbacks in my tier two. There's uh, three tight ends in my tier two. I think with quarterback being so deep, I'll take Mark Andrews here at five in this little exercise. He's got some downside, or there's. There are, I've heard some people question what that role is going to look like if they get Marquise Brown and uh, Boykin or, or some other of their young receivers develops the way we think they could. 
Um, does that insane target number and efficiency come down a bit for Andrews? Uh, it might, but I, I think the upside, uh, like we talked about with Ingram uh, when we were in the or talking about the rankings, I think that upside that Andrews has shown is is so much higher than what most players have as far as their upside that I'm willing to take Andrews here and 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 live with missing out on you know if it's a regular draft missing out on one of those other second tier quarterbacks uh, when I can still get guys like you know Wentz or Allen or, or Rogers uh, as far as veteran guys at quarterback uh, later in the draft. Yeah, I think this is a good exercise just to show you things like where your tiers should really be because now me looking at it. Um, I think I should probably change Kittle into his own tier and Kelsey and Andrews at a tier by themselves at tier two because I just don't see there being a, a big difference between, you know, Evan Ingram all the way down to, you know, a, a Dallas Scottard or a, a TJ Hawkinson a few spots down. So uh, because of that, I'm going to go with my QB3 uh, at the sixth pick, Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, um, I'm i going to follow you on – well – Based on what I said after my last pick, I shouldn't follow you on quarterback. But I think the consistency I'm going to get out of Watson match with what he has shown for upside is why I'm going to go him uh, here at at seven. Evan Ingram has that upside, but he's been injured, and I, I worry about the consistency and what exactly the Giants are going to look like as far as an offense going forward. So that dings him a little bit where I can get a guy who I know, even with uh, – a hurricane going on around him is going to be solid and perform for Houston. So I'll, I'll take Watson here at seven. Um, at eight, I think I'm just going to keep the quarterback run rolling and go with uh, my QB five, Dak Prescott. Uh, just the weapons they're adding around him uh, and the production he had last year. We all know the contract situation isn't what you'd like. I still kind of confused on why they haven't signed him. It seems crazy to me that he's just going to have another big year and, uh, if Mahomes signs a $40, $45 million deal like people are talking, Dallas is going to put themselves in a real tough situation if they don't get Dak signed before the, the season starts. Oh, absolutely. I, I think them dragging their heels on this. Uh, the public comments about uh, you know taking a team-friendly deal so that they can spend uh, when they just spent a boatload of money at a position where we have now 10 years of studies saying you shouldn't pay running backs a lot. I love Zeke. Zeke, get your money. That That's great. But they shouldn't not pay Dak because they paid uh, Zeke and Amari. And, and uh, I think losing Dak will be much more detrimental than, you know, having to build young on defense or needing to replace a piece or two on that offensive line when the time comes. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you on, on Dak. I, I think he's a special player and just hasn't had necessarily the offense or the opportunities given to him that he should have. Uh, for what he's done for that team. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think I think Dak's a, a great pick there. Uh, for me, at, uh, did you have a follow-up? Oh, I just want to say one thing with the Dak Prescott contract. I've just seen people talking about how, you know, take a little bit of a, a, little bit of a lower rate because you get the Dallas Cowboy bump. I think that's like a total asinine argument. I, if I'm him, I'm not taking a, a 3 to $5 million bonus because maybe in 10 years NBC will pay me $10 million to be a, to be a broadcaster. I just think that's a, a an awful argument. I've just seen that thrown around, around a lot recently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's very, very stupid. Uh, I, my next pick, I'm going to go Engram here. Um, I, I guess the tiebreaker for me was Wilson or was uh, their respective ages. Um, 
Wilson uh, is my last quarter, or I came down to the last quarterback and the last tight end in their tiers. Uh, I think the fall off from Engram to the next, you know, although there's good tight ends, all of them have question marks and risk uh, from about five to, to nine for me, uh, where I think the next level of quarterback gives me more stability. So I went Ingram here at, uh, you know, he's going to be 26 this year where Wilson's going to be is 31. Uh, I think Wilson be a fine pick here too, but I just went with Ingram's and that the, the drop off we find at tight end that, that we don't necessarily have at quarterback right now. Yeah. I think for me at pick 10 here, I'm just going to keep going with quarterbacks and take Russell Wilson just because um, this is like where my tier cuts off at QB six. I think there's a big gap between Russell Wilson and whoever you want to consider your QB7. I know a lot of people have Wentz or Burrow or a Josh Allen. Um, I personally have Baker. But I think there's a pretty sizable gap where Hunter Henry down to even, you know, Tyler Higby, who I have all the way down at 13, I don't think is uh, a, a huge difference there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that's why my pick at, uh, at 11 is going to be Carson Wentz. I don't feel magnificent about any of the choices I would make at quarterback in this next tier. Uh, that tier for me being Wentz, Burrow, Allen, Mayfield, Rodgers, or, or Tagovailoa. Um, I think I think you could make a real good case for any of them. Uh, obviously, which is why I have them in a tier. But and, and it seems like a real duh uh, statement on my part. But you know, Wentz we know has that upside. Um, he he's not going to run as much as he did his rookie year, but. He still has wheels and can make stuff happen outside the pocket. Um, you know, Allen has his legs and crazy variants, which can be very useful at times. Ask anyone who's, you know, hit the Deshaun Jackson lottery at wide receiver uh, week to week over the past decade, uh, whether having uh, a high variance guy can be useful in fantasy. You know, Mayfield, we still have a lot of questions about Rodgers. Is that offense going to change? Is he going to be held back by those weapons? Um, Tua and the injury history. Um, I think, yeah, I'll take Wednesdays at the top of my tier here, but there's about six guys I'd be all right taking here. And I, I'd both be real happy with getting them and, uh, and kind of queasy about the downside. Um, yeah, this next pick, like you had talked about a quarterback, there's, and I think now it's similar at tight end. There's kind of a, a big group of guys here that you could argue for. Um, I think I'm going to go Hunter Henry. I have him at the, the top of this. Uh, I might put it at a third tier now for uh, for tight ends. He just has the production, still only 25. Uh, his contract situation isn't the best with playing on the franchise tag this year, but I do think he is a little bit better than the rest of these tight ends. And quarterback, I just think there's such a big uh, big tier there for me that that I'd prefer with uh, for going Hunter Henry with the last yeah. pick. Yeah, I think I think the upside's definitely there. Um, and uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the injury history is, has generally been different things. Although I think two out of the three have been ACLs, haven't they? Um, let me. I know for sure he had the one ACL. Let's see, he had concussion, knee strain, ACL, and then tibia fracture. Yeah, so it's it's you know the so, the concussions worrying, but there hasn't been a repeated history of it. Uh, he had a knee strain in sixteen uh, that kept him out. Uh, a kidney laceration. I think both him and Keenan Allen had kidney lacerations in the same year. And that just, you know, God, if, if not that you'd want to bet on injuries, but if you bet on teammates having kidney lac- kidney lacerations in the same year, hmm. I think you, would, you wouldn't you would have to work again in your life thanks to kidney injuries, and that'd be hilarious. 
Um, and then the ACL tear is bad, but it's definitely a thing that uh, we've seen guys come back from and, and have fruitful careers more and more now. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, obviously that injury can, risk is there. Um, but I, I, I get why you, you made the choice. It wouldn't have been mine. Uh, like I said, I would have gone with one of those next uh, five quarterbacks for me. But uh, if you hit it right, you're going to – uh, have a great bargain on your hands and on your team. Uh, and if you hit it wrong, you're just hitting reset at tight end, which if it's not tight end premium, it is not really a problem. Uh, you, it's just like streaming quarterbacks. You need to find a guy who is going to get the snaps and, and has an all right matchup and you'll be all right for that week. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I can, I, I like the risk and, um, it's interesting to see that, you know, we came out a little heavier on quarterbacks than tight ends, but, I think knowing both of us had a top six and a top four, that, that makes a lot of sense uh, out of these two. So uh, was there anything we missed tonight that, that you kind of wanted to bring up? Anything that you thought about while we were doing that? or? Um, No, not really. I think we covered everything pretty well. All right. I'm not sure what uh, next week's going to look like for us, guys. Uh, I kind of think we need to go back and talk about lower-end running backs and wide receivers. I know we both had pretty long list of guys, and I, I we got bogged down for the most part in in top thirty six players at at both positions. So uh, maybe we'll go there. If not, it'll be talking uh, more long range stuff. Maybe uh, uh, revisit some of our disagreements and see if we can uh, you know put a little uh, skin on the line as far as as what we're thinking on those. Uh, but uh, the next couple of weeks will be fun and and really something that you know, helps us figure out where exactly we're going to go here forward, whether um, I know I do, or for the last couple of years, I've done my own set of redraft rankings and maybe we discuss that a little bit because there isn't as much news right now in the NFL as, as there would be in a normal year with, with training camps and, and rookie and rookie camps and rookie mini or mini camps. So um, yeah, the next couple of years are, or next couple of weeks are exciting. The next couple of years are exciting, obviously, because we're talking dynasty, but uh, yeah, I look, I look forward to that, and hopefully you guys will enjoy us uh, moving away from what this has started out as. Um, and we appreciate everybody who's listening right now. The, the support has been really nice to see um, uh, from, from everybody who's listened. So uh, if that's it, uh, I'm Brock, that's Jeremy, and we'll see you next week.